you there, Shopping Maniacs? You're listening to another Heart Stop edition of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave in the shed. <laughs> Rupert with me is Chris in the booth. Corey, hey, Chris. Yeah, man. You, you have Good. green lights. The very festive holiday seasons. Oh, I didn't right even there. notice. I did, but I, I still have my remote control. Oh, there's oh, deep no. blue. Yeah. Deep blue. Okay. Yeah. Ages ago, I fell for an Instagram ad that made these colored lights look like, make your house look like basically the coolest house on earth. And they're not as cool as the ad was, but hey, they still work. <laughs> I've, I've seen like uh whatever instagrams or sorry like tiktoks i don't do instagram tiktoks where it was just like how how to tell if you're like a millennial or a gen z or whatever they are and it's like your your house is filled with led lights but your bing account's empty so. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah 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 so tell me i don't i it's not that i never tiktok but i don't open it that much i'm more instagram so we're reversing that way so i can learn from you for a minute here mm-hmm. is our most tiktoks comedy is there some aspect of a laugh to every tiktok or oh not at all um no not every a lot of them are serious it can be all over the the gamut i mean um you know there's there's a lot of thirst traps Okay, so there's horny TikToks. There's sexy um, stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot of um, ADHD material. Like it's just kind of a meme. Like, like uh, what life is like with ADHD and stuff like that. So those are like, but that kind of educationally sometimes it's funny. Right? Sometimes there's like dank, like ultra sad jokes, you know, or whatever. But like, there's like anyway. It, it's I think it runs the game. I think like people, you know, there's like people telling, you know like whatever life tips, life coachy kind of deals, you know, like yeah, okay. there's some like feel good news stories, you know, like, Hey, I gave a hamburger to a cat and now I'm happy, you know, like there you go. You know, I see. I, see. Sort of I, things, I mean, I guess like, that makes sense, but is yeah, there's no predominant meme that like if you, if you, all you did was watch life coachy stuff, I'm sure the algorithm would just feed you all, all life coachy stuff all the time. Right. And then, yeah, I think, I think it like, uh, figures out what you like and and you know i get a lot of D stuff you know and yeah. D can be funny or it can just be helpful like hey you want to like here's uh. an interesting D class you could try blah 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 so, oh and but uh, and what's in short though right like usually sub usually jokes yeah sub minute goofs yeah so I is mean, there a music tiktok like or is that like boring because it's you'd never even listen to a full song. It'd only ever be partial songs. There are like, I uh, followed one girl for a bit um, who kind of was a singer songwriter and, and wrote a bunch of songs and stuff like that. So I think there's uh, all kinds of, you know, there's, it's interesting because there is like a format. There is like a, you know, a meme, a, a format that you like take a song and you, like do the dance and then you make the joke. Like you add your layer of the joke onto it, you know, mm. like, I don't know, some sound effect, but for developers, like, you know, like <laughs> that, that's, there's the formula. Um, but I think like it can be kind of whatever you want, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah there's Dave explains TikTok to, to I know. old man. I, I, I'm, I actually like, I, I kind of just deleted it uh, from my phone. Just uh, it's it's fine, but it was just sort of sucking time, you know. And, and it's good, but it, it was uh, I I kind of went through a whole thing. Like I deleted Twitter from my phone. Yeah. And then I so then TikTok was a replacement, and then I just was like, you know what? I'm just gonna not. I'm gonna just delete TikTok too. 
So now I'm now I'm boring. Yeah, I'm, I have a boring phone, but mm. you know, I'm also, also like, you're off it for a minute. What kills yeah. me about TikTok is it's like not audio is not optional. Like your sound has to be on for it to be useful. Whereas Instagram doesn't, you know, I can I can scroll through that silently. You know, I, just for my life right now, I mean, I need the silent on my phone for something. Not for me, but because I'm like in the office or I'm at, in mm-hmm. line at the grocery store and I don't want everybody to hear my TikToks or whatever. Like, the opportunities for me to have sound on are low on phone. And, you know, you have a child, you know, like the like maybe Chris Enns can mix in the clip, but like. The number one TikTok is this thing where it's like, hey, yo, f- your life. life. Bing bong. <laughs> like, <and> that's like, <laughs> like, that's the sound effect. You know, I open my TikTok is like, hey, yo, f- your life, Joe Byron, you know, and, and like, that's like. <laughs> what do you want to tell Joe Byron right now? What's up, baby? Take me out. The- hey, yo. And that to me is like the gold. Like, that's the zone I want to hang out in, too. But oh, like, yeah. when you have kids around. You can't do that. That doesn't. Well, I mean, I know parents do, but you can't. And the point of it is the algorithm, right? It sucks you in. And YouTube's got it too, you know, with their, mm-hmm. all the related videos and crap. We have a strict no YouTube policy for the kid because the, it, they, they, the, the UX of the app very encourages you to be like, next, 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 next. And TikTok's even yeah. worse. You know, you just swipe. Oh, it's yeah. like built into That's what you're supposed to do. So, so we uh, screen time, we're pretty permissive, probably too permissive as parents, but not those type of apps. You know, you have to pick something and then you have to watch the thing that you picked. Yep. No, I, I try to make my kids do that. It doesn't work, but <laughs> yeah, they're, you're old. They're older. I, I'm just like, put the remote down. <laughs> He's like in there putting Chinese subtitles on. That's my, I want him to experience Chinese, but I just yeah. like, dude, you're just, you're fidgeting. Like. With the remote, so and then he's changing shows, going over YouTube Kids. Uh, anyway, it's oh, funny. A, a struggles, struggles. But but the the thing is like language is a big deal, and like that's another reason. Like I couldn't like just use TikTok idly because it was like, well, okay, I gotta go like find my headphones to like listen to this, you know, Joe Byron TikTok, you know. And so like anyway, I just. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. That's the, we're all struggling here. Phase of life, you know. So. Uh, we got one from uh, from Jimmy Davis here that I think is good. This is follow-up. from. Remember what Melanie wrote in the other week? And she said, mm-hmm. why is why is accessibility not, you know, treated as such a, a first-class citizen that it should be kind of thing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, like, really why? Not, not like, you know, I don't know, like dig into it almost like from a psychological perspective of the industry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I thought that was awesome. We tried. You had some good points. I had some dumb points that didn't work. And now, now, but I've still been thinking about it because it was such a good question. Then there's Jimmy Davis writes in and he's thinking about it too, because of in response to Melanie, he says, the way I see it, we're taught from day one how to break accessibility and responsiveness for that matter. But it's not until months or years down the line that we learn how to fix it. Web, you know, so it's, you're not learning accessibility on, on day one. You're learning how to like, you know, float or whatever. Whatever the kids yeah. learn these days. Websites yeah. are accessible and responsive, though pretty by default. That's a classic line, right? Webs, you know, if you do if you add no CSS to your HTML, it's probably pretty accessible. Mm-hmm. JavaScript as well. Uh, uh, meaning that is used to break 
accessibility. As long as we build them using proper elements and good doc document structure, the UA styles are accessible as one can get. It's design that breaks it. I think if accessibility was a keynote topic from the beginning of chapter one, most of the common problems we see would go away. Uh, he goes on to kind of elaborate on all, all that. But I think that's the kind of a, that's a good point. I think that's, I've heard that many times, you know, like it should be part of more curriculum and such that, you know, you learn, you learn certain things from day one and generally not about accessibility. It ends up being something that gets tacked on later. And then that plays itself out again with the products that we build. A lot of times we build the product and then we're like, oh yeah, but also accessibility, you know? And mm -hmm. I live that too, you know? Just this week I had three PRs that were all accessibility. And did we, you know, th th those were much later. CodePen is almost 10 years old and I'm founding something, finding something pretty fundamental that I, I could have fixed long ago, but didn't. And it's a tack on. It's tack on accessibility. That's the way. So anyway, interesting. But I, I wanted to just because I'm apparently addicted to hearing myself talk here. I want to say that when Melanie wrote in, then we're in the discord. Right. And she says, well, I had a thought of my own when I wrote this question, but I didn't put it in the question. So this is peer pressure, Melanie. I want you to write this up as a blog post or something. Put it or somewhere because fast tracks. Yeah, I mean, you can write it for me. I will absolutely <laughs> accept it. But her point was the best one I've ever heard when she talked about it in the Discord, which is now lost because threads on Discord apparently just disappeared. Delete them, which messages. I now hate. Yeah, they're Rip. just gone. Yes, because and it was you know one of these like three paragraph type out things that I very much wish was not lost to time. But anyway, it was about this. Like, imagine that you're very smart. And guess what? All web developers think they're pretty smart. Because I think you actually do kind of have to be some degree smart to do this job. You have to be a, you know, solve logic puzzles and you have to think abstractly and solve problems. And like, it's a job for your brain. It's knowledge work. You probably actually are pretty smart if you do web development work. You're one of few people on earth that can do this job. You know, you're, and, and I'm sure you, even if you're modest on the outside, and I hope you are, that you probably are like, you know, I'm a pretty smart person or, or, or whatever. And then accessibility, you know, you you because you're a product of the system, you didn't learn accessibility on day one. At some point, you're going to get like accused of bad accessibility, probably rightfully so. But you're like, but I'm smart. But I'm mm -hmm. a, I'm a, I'm not even smart. I'm a genius. Again, you're accusing me of building websites incorrectly. I do this professionally. I am. Uh, how can I possibly be doing it wrong? You know, because that uh, unfortunately, I think the tone of 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 accessibility police sometimes is is a little harsh. And I think they've learned that they have to be harsh because if they're not, nothing gets done. You know, that you have to like bring the noise sometimes with accessibility stuff. Yeah, and all that yeah. makes this big stew of like. You know, people digging their heels be like, how dare you accuse me of not building a perfect website? Yeah. No, the, the tone is a big thing. And, and I think I've said it in the past. It's part of the reason I started Accessibility Project. I just, like, couldn't find resources that were forgiving, you know, or people um, for that matter. I think there's – I think it's too – like passionate people involved in a very worthwhile cause too. So you get this sort of – I don't know – recipe for militantism, mil militarism, mm. uh, just like, Hey, you're doing a good thing. And, you know, crusading sort of, you know, um, I do though, wish there was, you know, a, a, a 
weight, a system of weights. I don't know. It's like, oh, you you didn't have three to one text outline contrast on your button border, you know, or something like versus like you for you, your form has no labels, you know, like it, you can't use your form. Like I wish like the, the three to one issue was very diminished <laughs> compared to the like, Hey, you need to fix the form labels that if you do one thing, like fix these, you know? Mm. So I wish, I wish there were grading, uh, you know, and there probably is in like acts or something like that, but like just even like, in the tools or the UI or the like, yeah. like I, I wish there was like a way to be like, if you do one thing it's fix your, your forms. And there's actually a really good post. Um, oh God, it's going to take me 20 minutes to find it. Um, but it, it show was notes. <laughs> uh, show notes. It was by a, a blind developer and she wrote Holly, I think it was her name. Um, but she wrote about her experience just as a, a blind user. And she mm-hmm. was like, here's like the five things I wish you would do, you know, like, and, and it was literally like add form, make sure your forms have labels, make sure your images have alt text, make sure your heading structure makes sense. Stuff like that. Right. Right. That it was all stuff you can automate and test for. And like, and those were her like biggest requests. Um, Let's see. Yeah, I can see, see that having the right kind of hook for an article that would get people to to perk up and pay attention because it's like a this is for me. We're not talking abstractly anymore. This mm-hmm. is my, this is my request of you. So it, it makes it personal. It's like why politicians tell stories about one family because it feels like ah yes, I can relate to the one family. Yeah, yeah. It's it's the plumber Joe. You know, it's the developer Holly, you know, system. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, not to tokenize anyone. Um, but I just think like it, it was just that thing, you know, it's like, you, you know, you're like, yeah, what do do blind people even use the Internet? You know, you get that question in the office and you're like, yeah, absolutely they do. But then it's like. But but if you're like, what do they care about? And if you're not actually engaging with with disabled people while you build your product, then like, here's an op- opportunity to like, just, you know, get some, get some information. So, um, mm-hmm. th- somebody just said, here's the five things I care about. I'm blind. I use a computer every day. I'm a smart developer. Here's the five things I care about. And like th- there it's out there. So I'll try to find yeah. a post. Um, I'm looking here with no success. So anyway, I had a, um, a, a user write to me. I think it's, I think this was, I don't know. I guess I didn't say that I would mention it on a podcast, but I I don't see any reason why this would be a big deal. Her name was Lauren Hayes and she wrote into CodePen about, you know, like, hey, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm doing a boot camp thing. You know, I think it was Khan Academy or something. Mm-hmm. And, you know, or or maybe there was some, she was doing multiple of them. I can't remember the details, but it was like, we're using CodePen in the boot camp. And there's some expectations that I use your thing, but I'm having trouble with it. I'm a blind user. Mm-hmm. And I was like, interesting. You know, I here's the worst offense on CodePen is Code Mirror, the editor we use. And there's not a Oof. lot we can do about that. One, yeah. but there's some stuff, you know, so I wanted to like, let, let's put that, uh, you know, out there first that there, there's problems with that, but anything else I can fix, you know, and even those ones I want to know about, cause I want to have them really clearly documented to see if, if thing, because for one thing, there's a thing called code mirror six, which is the new version of it, which is approaching ready where they really 
have improved accessibility a lot. And I hopped on Codemirror 6 with Lauren, and it is better. She, like, confirmed it. There's still some okay. things she has gripes with. But we can't switch overnight to 6, and I've, I even made a whole repo of, like, examples and tests and our, our requirements for, for moving to this version. And there's just a lot of stuff that's just not ready yet. So I literally can't. And, you know, told Lauren that, and I think she understands that as a concept. But then we hopped on a Zoom call together. She uses Windows, Edge, and JAWS. Windows, Edge, and JAWS, okay. Yeah, which I found that I was able to test with for free because there's free Windows VMs, which are easy to spin up. At least I say easy, but... I have some experience, so it was easy for me to spin up. Mm-hmm. And then JAWS gives you a free, like, 40 minutes or something like that, JAWS, that you can spin up in that VM. Yeah. So rock and roll, you know? You can be I, – I, I was miraculously able to be also testing in JAWS in, like, 10 minutes. with, with I used That's Parallels. Cool. That's the one thing I paid for was Parallels because I think it's a pretty good VM system on Mac. You could – but that's – there's VMware and there's free options there, too. Anyway, it was great. It was a great session. She was so freaking knowledgeable and so good at sharing. You know, she's like tabbing around and I'm watching. Well, she can't see the screen, but I can. And then she's like, what's that little, you know, I'm on some control. And it, it happens to be on CodePen. There's a save button and then a drop down for the save button. And guess what? It was freaking unlabeled. Whoops. No. You yeah. know? Um, and it, you know, it was, it was deep, you know, I would go to start fixing these things and it was just complicated. It was fairly deep in our react component tree that there just wasn't, um, what do you, you know, props essentially to pass down properly from the parent that would label it. And I just had to refactor some stuff. No big deal. I got it, but I kind of under, you know, I understood how we got there. Uh, but one of the biggest ones was like, then you get down into the code mirror editor and it just goes editor. And you're like, oh, crap. That's an unlabeled form element. <laughs> yeah. Basically, yeah. it just didn't have a label. And I was like, oh, no, you know, maybe this is why people say, you know, or, you know, this is why Codemirror is just isn't as accessible as it could. because stuff like this, you know. Mm-hmm. But then I dig into the API for it and I do find that it, it did have some tools. Um, it has a screen little label you know, thing that you can pass it when you instantiate the editor, which will label it properly and stuff. So I went and refactored all our code mirror renders to make sure it was using that. Pretty good. I don't think it's going to fix all of Lauren's problems, but, you know, it helped. And there's a couple other things. And I just made tickets and I knocked them out one by one and and shipped them all. So just an amazing that she was able to spend her time to do that in a way. And now I'm looking at like, wow, that was like an amazing experience that we should be giving her money. You know, I can't, Lauren, if you're listening, I'm not, I can't promise anything just yet, but that's on my radar to then like, as we work on new things, work with Lauren or, you know, if she can't, doesn't have the time or doesn't want to somebody like her to, uh, to do that work and pay for it. Cause it's like, your ax is amazing. Love it. You know, that can mm-hmm. find me some stuff. Mm-hmm. But watching somebody use it, you know, I had a point the other week, like you don't, you don't really know until you use something a lot, like you can hello world an application, but you're not going to learn until you do it for real. I think this is similar in that you're going to find stuff with a real user that is just the most valuable possible stuff to find. The tricky thing about accessibility in this, I say this with like whatever, a dozen years of (laughs) accessibility project experience or 10 years or whatever you can learn how to use a screen reader. Chris Coyer can, Dave Ruber can. We can use screen mm. readers, but how we use them and how somebody who actually uses a screen reader uses them are a thousand percent different. Well, like, for one example, they have it on 80x speed. Absolutely. 80x speed, 
and like, you know, they're reading your whole blog post in about 35 seconds. Like it's just, it's so fast mm-hmm. and their brains can handle it. Um, but even like how they browse or how they, you know, how they navigate, how they like say like, let me just show me the, all the links on this page like or something like that. That's probably not what something buddy does, but they can do that. And and so I, I, I'm glad Lauren reached out to y'all because I, I think like the one thing you can do, and maybe this is it, maybe this is my whole <laughs> response to to either Melanie or or um, uh, Jimmy here in the in the comments. Like knowing somebody, following non-sighted people or or people with disabilities on Twitter, having them on your radar. So you have a persona in your brain. Uh, So if you're like, I'm going to cut a corner or if your boss is like, let's not worry about accessibility, you know, you're fucking over Lauren, you know, like you're, you're, you're messing with Holly. Like, Mm -hmm. like your brain is like very, like the strongest thing I think you can do is have somebody in your life that, or, or on your radar that has a disability and that can maybe motivate you to pick up and do the right thing at all times. So that's not, you know, I'm not saying like, I don't believe like in tokenism or whatever, but I think that's a really strong motivator so that, you know, you're not just messing, you're not just cutting a corner for, just cutting a corner, you're cutting a corner for Holly or for Lauren or for uh, Leone or somebody like that. So you have to, I, I think that helps. So that may be the, the biggest thing we could do is, is, you know, amplify people who have disabilities or, or not, I don't know, or, or just kind of like hear their stories and how they operate on the internet. And I want to point out uh, it's Holly, who's life of a blind girl, um, and she's a social media officer. I said she was a developer. She's a social media officer. But uh, it's uh, five annoying website features I face as a blind person every single day by Holly Took. So there you That's go. That's the, like the perfect blog post title. Good I job. Just, just nailed as it. As a social media expert, she nailed it there. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Notion. Learn more and get started for free at Notion.so. It's a tool for work, really. It's a it's a tool for creating documents that you organize and build in any way that you want to. It's such a wonderfully powerful tool for work. I can't say enough good about it, really. For example, one of the documents we have right here on Shop Talk Show is a calendar for our shows. You can organize it like a calendar, but it's really a database and it can be viewed as a table. Uh, and in other various ways where each one of our shows like has a date to it. It has a show number to it. It has various metadata about what the show is and then kind of free form content where we put questions that are going to be on each show. We even use the API integration so that incoming questions come into another database and we can drag things between them. But we use it for all kinds of stuff. We'll use it to plan a redesign and plan upcoming videos and uh, do all all kinds of stuff. It's really a, a kind of an open-ended tool in a way, in a way that makes it more powerful, not less. It doesn't really tell you how you should use it. It allows you to find the best way to use it itself. I love it. And with hybrid work becoming the norm, the strongest teams have two things in common, speed and alignment, both coming 
come from having a hub where everyone can share and work together. That's what Notion is to its four teams, you know, we, we uh, like Dave and I and our editor and our advertisers and stuff share a shop talk workspace in Notion and work that way. The collaboration uh, is, is wonderful there, it really does speed us up. You can check it out on your own or invite as many people uh, as you want to see how it works. Take the first step toward an organized, happy team today. Again, that's at notion.so. I say you're going to about about to 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 uh, work on a component that might just be the the bane of you accessibility wise. Probably not. Maybe it's perfect and amazing. But you're telling me you're on a WYSIWYG journey this week, and <laughs> oh, those man. things. You know, speaking of, of tools like Code Mirror, you know, you can pick one of these things out, but you're going to have to do some uh, testing of that bad boy accessibility wise. What di- what what's going on? I, I just as backup, we talked about this the other week, and we were kind of listing out tool after tool after tool of what these editors are like. I think you probably needed one for Lura, right? Yeah, it's so it's for Lura. It's just you know you're kind of writing like a description or something, you know. And and while I'm super good with Markdown, everyone knows Markdown. You know what I mean? And so like. You, mm. Like you kind of need it, not, not idiot proof, but basically that, you know, just so like people can bold text and do simple formatting. They're not just typing into a, uh, a lot of apps need a fancy text area, right? Like you, d- so it doesn't just feel like you're typing into a bunco check a text box or whatever. Uh, so, you know, I actually, it's episode 488 if somebody wants to go back to it, but we listed out like 15, we went deep, deep on it. Um, you know, it, it was interesting, kind of like went back and forth. And I actually started going down the block editor route, Chris, and, and I used editor JS and got that up and running. Oh, you were going to block it up? And I was then... I was block editing, but we sort of realized like, you know, with the block editor, your text formatting doesn't show up until like you highlight or something like that, you know, like it's. Oh, I see. So, it's not the it's a lot of times doesn't have the bar at the top thing that people are used to, like yeah, word. No bar at the top and then no like um, you know, and there's kind of extra UI, like the plus widget for like choose which block you're using and the the order widget, you know, to drag them around. Mm. It was it was great. I liked Editor JS, but it was it was interesting how quickly, like once you start using a a block editor, you end up kind of making a notion clone, you know, like you just, like, you're just kind of like, well, guess I'll just make a notion clone, you know? And so we kind of took a step back from that just cause it was sort of not, not vibing. Right. You know, we wanted mm-hmm. it a little more structured in our data than, than like an unstructured data thing. Um, which maybe that'll come back to bite us. I don't know. But, uh, but then I like went to the WYSIWYG side of things and man, there is a there's a big difference between all the editors <laughs> like mm. it, getting the feature set you need like what the like I had we had a big conversation and we think the like two features we need are like image upload right the ability to see like an image you know and tables that's a beast though yeah and so to image upload now you have to have to like a, write an API endpoint or something like that you know and then like pretty much uh, and then like, uh, but, but well, I found one, it was quill JS quill, you know, quill, have you heard of quill? I don't think uh, we mentioned it in our thing. Quill. Very, very good. I guess uh, it's good, but it, um, it has image upload, but guess what it does? It base 64 is the image. 
Oh, but maybe that's good or it no? It was kind of good. I was into it, but guess what? Failed. Post request, boom, too, payload was too large for the service worker or whatever. Oh, so like the request uh, payload. So now I have to go. And then even like then, like your like database response would be like one meg or, you know, however yeah, many megs true, somebody uploaded. True. Yeah. So that would be bad, you know, for data. Well, what worries me is the, the immediately the other alternatives, okay, well, upload it somewhere then. So you're like the easy, oh, I don't know, whatever, S3, just throw Got it in something. It Nobody in needs an account, you know. But then you're like, what if somebody uploads a picture of like a boob or something? Even if they delete it really quick, do you also write code that says, Oh, the user deleted it from their document. Go into S3, find the image of the boob and delete it. No, probably not. It's probably just going no, to be a boob of a an boob internet. Forever. Forever. Yeah. Yep. No, and that's like a, a issue, you know, like, a, and then like, um, so yeah, it, it's, WYSIWYGs are tough. That's a tough thing, you know, like, um, it's tough. I, I'm, you'll anyway. be all right. I didn't mean to scare you. You'll be all right. So you use Quill. Quill, you're quilling it up. I'm using Quill, and and I think it's like the right mix of extensibility and programmability. But you know, I hit that thing where I wanted to use tables, right? We want table. That's not the default Quill package. You got to use an extension. Well, guess what? Oh. All the extensions use the 2.0 dev version, right? And 2.0.0.3 or whatever dev three. And well, that's kind of good. At least they don't use the 0.2 right, edition. Right. So, but then the, but the standard view, you know, plugin or whatever view extension or view module is uh, the 1.3. And so I had to like manually, I had to eject basically and upgrade everything to get it all working. So now I'm like maintaining my own editor, which is not what I wanted to do, but it's maybe a critical enough feature. I'm doing it and I can nice. maybe add more accessibility into it. The nice thing is it uses actual buttons, so I can put like actual labels, hopefully. So that's nice. kind of nice. Looks, but. It looks really good. It looks really good. There are so many choices. It's interesting. This one is it must have hit the hit the marketing just right. I am a little obsessed with this, not to the point where I've done any research or anything, but what makes something like Quill get 31,456 stars on GitHub compared to the many other ones that are like this. Is it, because it's something to say, well, well, it's the best one. It's the better one. But is it really? I mean, in your case, it does seem like it's good, but it could be that just like the default design of the editor is so basic that people are like, yeah, I want, I want that one. You know, I don't, I don't like the look of some other one, or it could be the marketing page, or it could be the docs, or it could be their social media presence, or they could, or it could be a lie. They paid somebody to juice their stars or something no, see i think all that plays into it <clears throat> i used to be pretty naive about people paying for stars and visitors and everything but i think it's kind of a gross commonplace but um uh i'm not accusing quill not accusing, quill not about accusing it, anybody yeah. but i i don't un accuse people if you know what i'm yeah. saying okay oh their no. demo on their playground is a code pen Oh, they use code no. pen. That could be now part of it. I know they're so, good people. Now so. you know they're good people. But um, they, uh, but I, I think too, they like made a React component. You know, I, I think like those micro things. Like if you hit the the distribution channel, the the zeitgeist at the right time, you can maybe explode. Um, some of these though haven't had updates in in years. You know, like GitHub their their last main commit on Quill. And and this is a good problem, a bad problem was um, 
you know, or well, it's like 11 days ago, but like the last release or whatever was kind of a long time ago is what I'm so like the yeah. two one three seven or something like that. Anyway. Yeah. Isn't that funny how that is absolutely, I mean, you just said it out loud, but I've heard it many times out of my own mouth and from other developers is they, they just look at that. They just want to see, they just want to see commits. And if the commits are not there, it's just a huge strike against that. And I'm just not sure how I, if that's like, I feel it, but I also like, am I, I'm worried that that's not fair. Well, cause you'd think like with, with the, an editor, WYSIWYG, maybe you just solved <laughs> extend, extensibility. So people extend it themselves. You solved making text bold and italic. Like you don't feel you don't have to rework that because you figured it out and you tested it and you solved it. But so maybe it's not a big deal. But no, but then you got to square it against issues. And so there's uh, over a thousand issues here. But some of, you know, then you look through those and it says like, how do I do this? And you're like, that's not an issue, you know? Am I pregnant? So, what? No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's stuff, and you know, there's like support for Veet, you know? Cool. So that means that they're not triaging either, which is totally understandable. I can't imagine having a project with 31,000 stars and no business model because it doesn't look like they charge for it or have anything like that, right? So at some point, this just becomes just a, a, a behemoth that s- somebody's just going to have to walk away from it or it's going to have to have a corporate sponsor or something, you know, somebody from Microsoft's going to have to take it over and have it be their problem or something. But can you imagine having, you know, 30 issues a day pour in to your thing and just to triage them is hours of work, let alone fix the actual thing, let alone then think about, how this is happening and how you can redirect that energy. And maybe we should have a discord and we definitely need a contributing.md or maybe we should just, you know, archive the repo because we need to be really clear that we can't keep up with this. But that's dangerous, right? To to have any one of those options. None of them feel like amazing, you know? Mm-hmm. Ugh, I don't know. I, I just, I don't even know if they're sad, but it seems like the, this is the... <laughs> A recipe for developer sadness. Yeah. No. Well, and, and, you know, everyone has needs and wants and desires. Like, uh, you know, one thing that's weird about this is, is like the OL and ULs, you know, the unordered list and the bulleted list or the ordered yeah, list yeah. and the bulleted list, same OL. It's just, they use like data list equals bullets on the LIs or something like that to like style that. So now I have to like inherit the debt to like make the, that show up right. You know, even like nested lists are just another LI in the sequence and they have like an indent thing. So it's like semantically what? wrong, you know? And so uh, you one job editor is to make HTML out of this thing and it's, and it's borked. A little oh. borked, a little borked. So what do you do? <gasps> I don't know what to do. So, um, but maybe, you know, and that's it is you, now I'm an archeologist. Now I have to excavate. Now I have to like, chip into the issues and see and all the branches and all the forks and see if somebody on the internet figured out how to make a UL and an LOL different, you know, different things or nested OLs or ULs, you know? So that should be, that's an actual bug that belongs in issues. Yeah. I mean, like, cause again, back to accessibility, they're literally different things. <laughs> so, so yeah, I wonder why that was, was it just neglect or if, is there some deeper, um, 
reason why it's like that. Then I could see how nesting would be a little tricky, and that's easier to just toss a class on an LI, but you can't you can't do that. That's mm-hmm. Yeah, it's different, right? And so I don't know. Um still it does look nice. I don't blame I, you. I think it's it just it's a matter of what's like good or what's easy, like and, and stylable. And then like there's also the idea of like, oh I'm gonna convert this LI into a paragraph or a heading or something. Like yeah. like sort of like how you convert blocks to different things. And so if it's ultra nested, maybe that's wrong, you know? Yeah. That's hard. Is there a, you know, can you, can you imagine a web primitive someday? You've done a lot more work than I have on that. You know, we talked about tabs forever and all that. What about a text area with a rich attribute on it or something? Give it to me. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> you know what? There's a, I'm gonna, I, I don't want to speak wrongly, but I think somebody, I think there is a team like a W3C team considering this stuff, um, like the web authoring or something. I don't know. Um, W3C <laughs> WYSIWYG. I don't know. Uh, I'm Cause it's kind of like you're just rendering HTML inside the text area. It's not like you're inventing a whole new language or anything. It would just be like, the text area rather than displaying only text with no formatting whatsoever could accept bold and headers and links and anything else that HTML could, but be editable much like div content editable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I mean, I think there's, I think there's a lot of people like kind of working on content editable. I think it's the same group who's doing like text selection and like copy and clipboard. And so so I, I need to, figure out what that group is. I, I really don't remember what it was called. Um, I could probably just... That's the up. web at its best, though, when it sees, oh, my God, there's 400 libraries, all of them with tens of thousands of stars on GitHub uh, trying to solve the same problem over and over and over. And, you know, even the best of them get accessibility things wrong. That is like a moment for the web platform to step in. Right, right. Like, like hi, We've let this be totally uh, whatever Wild West for a little too long. Let's fix it, you know? Like, yeah, it seems um, like a good idea. I don't want to do it, but I will clap at you as you. I, I will. I will say, go work harder. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why is this not done yet? So, yeah, from the sidelines. Google, it's, pay for it. What about blockchain? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Why does this not work with blockchain? This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by automatic makers of like WooCommerce, WordPress.com, and of course, Jetpack. Talk about Jetpack a lot because it really saves my bacon and does a good job on so many things. One of the things that it can do, and in fact, if this is the only thing you care Jetpack to do, you can do it that way. They have a backup plan for Jetpack. Backs up your self-hosted WordPress site. Um, They made a change just this month, super recently, where all backups are now real-time. They used to have two different plans, daily and real-time. Real-time was a little more expensive. Now it's just one plan. They're all all backups, real-time. It's a tremendous feature. I feel like most backup stuff out there works on like a cron schedule, backs up once a day if you're lucky kind of thing. This is like anything happens on the site, boom, it's 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 available in your backups. You can kind of go back and restore to a point if you need to. 
which has happened to me a couple times this year, <laughs> you want to restore right to a particular point, like when a comment was left or a post was edited or, or something went wrong in some way, it's amazing that, that, that the backup is... So you'll never lose anything for one point. Like, you know, like your backups are right to when anything happened. It's not like, oh, I got the closest backup I have is yesterday, so we'll lose anything that happened today. Nope. No, you won't. You'll have everything up till the moment you need it to. But being able to restore to that point is equally valuable. So that's just very cool that all their backups are real time now. That's the whole message. Jetpack.com. Thanks for the support. Uh, one more thing on my mind here. This I worked on this this week was, you know, sometimes when I'm uh, heavy on like building out new UI, there's a lot of component scaffolding. So I build all, I've just... Turned a corner. I only build UIs and components now, unless Great. it's WordPress, and then I'm sad that I can't or whatever. I could, but I don't want to. Um, but generally, I pick some kind of site builder front. We talked about this the other work. When you had that great line about that the programming model for all these new tools is all the same, mm-hmm. you know, HTML forward, component-based, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But let's say you're building out new UI, you're like, okay, that needs to be a component. I'm going to split this into a component. This will have a parent component, a couple child components, whatever. And it, on, on, on CodePen, we've long established how we do it. We have a folder. The folder is capitalized. So, you know, capital C component. Inside there is an index.js file. The index.js file generally just has one line in it. It exports the named JavaScript file. We do that because it makes find in project and find file and stuff just kind of easier to use. That way, when you search for capital C component, you like you get to go to the named file of that, but the index makes it easier to import, whatever. It's just a little boilerplate code, but we do it consistently, and I kind of like it. So that's the thing. It also opens up this door, like you could do the data fetching in the index file and then do the view in the in the named component or whatever. But then we use CSS modules. So there's always component.module.css, a CSS sitting next to it. At a minimum, there's those three files, but I do it over and over and over. So, you know, first first I go up to the components folder and I right click and make new folder, but whoops, I accidentally made new file. So go delete the untitled file, then go back up and actually hit new folder. Cool, good job. Hand name it, the name of the component. Click that folder, make a new f- file in it called index js find another one in the code base copy and paste that one liner out of it paste it in there but adjust the name to the it's just very tedious and by the time you've done it 13 times that day because you're building out a totally fresh new out you're like i f- hate this right mm-hmm. that is what scaffolding is for and there's probably lots of tools for this but i've always been like oh i just need one more component do it the other way and then don't actually stop and like look to see what we could do I'm sure VS Code has stuff built in. There's probably VS Code plugins for it. I, I imagine that people have explored lots of scaffolding stuff. But I was reading a Smashing Magazine article, how to maintain a large-scale Next.js application, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's relevant to me at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm reading it, and it's got lots of good advice in it and stuff, you know, mono repo stuff. But it was a pretty well-done article. But in it, it says, you should have a scaffolding tool. And I was like, yes, god dang it, I need to be pushed on this one more time. And that was my push. Mm-hmm. And the one they recommended was called Hygen, H-Y-G-E-N. Okay. And it just looked like a thing. You can brew install it. You can NPM install it, whatever. It gives you a CLI. 
And then the CLI is like, you know, hygiene component, new, and, and just finds the component that you have scaffolded called component or whatever and kicks it out. So you where you keep the templates for these components are not in config. It's not in JSON or anything. They're just files in an underscore templates folder. But it has a special syntax because, of course, it does. It looks like ERB. It looks like Ruby templating. Okay, okay. But then, you know, so you say, oh, I want to say new component, hygiene new component, and then and then you can pass in data to it at the CLI level, like dash dash name mm-hmm. is avatar or my new component and it can has tools like it'll capitalize it for you and, and and crap like that if you want it to and it'll go find the templates and then you know you can template the names of the files you can say where to put them there's all kinds of powerful abilities but now you have a cli to say give me a new component of this name boom done you know it takes this little like two minute job into two seconds and i think if you're it just feels right so now i'm all into it you're all in you're all in yeah not all in i've only made a couple of templates and now i'm opening it for discussion internally like should we actually do this or do we look at another one i brought it up in the discord and you're like oh brad says he likes plop yeah brad frost kind of showed me plop which is like uh same thing it's just basically like he types plop my new component and boom, it creates the test. It creates the, the component and it creates any, maybe a CSS file or something that goes with it. Exactly. And I'm like, I like this. I I want this. I think I've tried to build this. I tried to build this for web components. (laughs) Oh, it'd be awesome for web components. Yeah. yeah, Cause I just was like, Oh, wouldn't it be cool if I just was like, boom, new thing, new thing, you know? Um, Yeah. Wasn't that what, what was that? That tool with the like soldier guy on it. It was like an Adi Asmani thing from ages ago. Oh, Yeoman generators. Yeah. 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 Yeah, But those were kind of global. So if you made a web component one, then other people could use it. I think these tools are more like individual code base. Yeah. I think this is like you you create your own little thing. Right. So I, you know, and so I looked at the, the syntax for plop and it looked a little more. I didn't like it as much, but I don't know. It seems a little more JavaScript forward, which is maybe good. But it also has this, like, you build a, like a, like a, it asks you questions about mm-hmm. your component when you make it, which I, I think I do like. So I don't know. I don't know enough to to truly compare them, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I think like, you know, this is where Melanie says, uh, <laughs> did you know Ember already does this? Um, we should yeah. just get a sound clip. Uh, <laughs> no, saying that. Um, I think a lot of tools have this. Like, I'm thinking like Vue CLI kind of can do this. You know, I think it can like scaffold out a component. Um, and maybe that's more project based though. I don't use it because I'm always like in a Nuxt context. But you know, I think like even Nuxt CLI has like there's a new Nuxt CLI yeah. like it has but like don't, your your app is going to have isms you know like I do make a CSS file but I name it in a particular way that's important to us and I at the top of every one of those files I import our SAS dependencies that we use that's uh, that's unique to our code base and in my scaffolding I put that all in there how would the view CLI know that do you have to like teach it that or is it designed to be more generic and thus can't do that or no that's that's a good point I I mean I think these tools are great especially like as the team gets larger or whatever like you just have a way that like this is how you do it we don't like don't if you're going to rethink it's sort of like 
code linting, you know, it's like, this is how we do it. This is what you need to do. And even like tests, like I'm finding, I'm like been writing tests for my app too. Cause I'm like breaking stuff. Um, and like, uh, even that it's like, there's usually like four or five just general tests I want to run or even like an accessibility test or something like that, that I'd want to run. Like, uh, you know, there's, there's some tests I want to run just kind of out of the box. So like, could I, like, could we, could I automate that and make sure that happens and then somebody can delete it if they want to, but the, the, just by typing, creating a new component, you get at least a little bit of testing. Like, does it mount? Does it, you know, does it, uh, I don't know, have expect certain text or certain values or accept this, these props or something like that. That would be cool. You know, like if you had those already built out. So, um, just the second you type like plop or high gen, a, <laughs> component yeah i like that then it becomes like the teams everybody can contribute to it too they're like oh we've i I have a better way that we should scaffold these components that would make them even more useful or like here's here's my take on it this one is actually a component that has queries and does have a and has a test and has Mm -hmm. i don't know the more complicated the needs of a component are the the more useful this gets that's kind of cool well, we have just a few minutes and we have one question that's been burning a hole in my pocket. So let's do it really quick. Tom okay. DeBruin writes in, what's your opinion of using all unset on individual elements to clean everything out before stylings? For example, a button, angle brackets button. Is it a sledgehammer to crack a nut or is it better to change the individual bits that you don't need? Great show. Been listening for years. High five, Tom. Why don't you come join us in the Discord? <laughs> uh so all on set is it just is the uh the golden hammer or is it a uh I don't use it but I'll, I only but not because I'm discouraging you from using it I'm just kind of scared of it I think I don't know why it just seems like it does an awful lot and I just haven't gotten muscle memory for that yet but a button does seem like the kind of a a clutch one to use it for yeah I think like buttons and then to me like the um like a editorial component or like a, the blog component or like a block of text component seems like a really good place to just be like, you know what? These styles are going to be so different in there. I'm going wild. Unset everything. Like just, mm, just does it all cascade though. Probably not. Well, You'd probably need to be like star, like my text block yeah. star, you know, just delete everything. Um, don't like yeah, it. I guess you would. I cut. No, I do, but I, that's even more. I like, I, I, that's got the wheels turning in my brain. And I know exactly what you mean, right? Like I'm styling the rest of the site and now I have this chunk of like content, but I almost like don't want anything to bleed into that area because I I want to start scratch fresh on what that looks like. That's a clever way to do it. I think I like so it. So like all unset would just be like the, yeah, yeah, don't, don't whatever, whoever set the a, a, a tag styling, it doesn't, it doesn't work here. So like Dude, this is this is good. You should write this up. Uh, I like this. All right, sure. I'll write it. Hey, how to? But I I think that's a like that's a point where you'd want to use it. I think like yeah. But you know what I've seen the opposite in the past was the don't ever do raw typography styling. Only do a it was like like put a type cl- like in SAS. If you just put like dot type 
curly braces and then put all of that within the dot type class. That way it's opt-in typography. So there's no general styles anywhere unless you're in an area that you know is content. Then you just plop that type class on that parent and it becomes content. Like that's the reverse. Mm -hmm. Although do I think that's practical? I don't know. Because sometimes you want some type styles generally around. Yeah, like you you want like the the base type system, you know, fonts and and stuff yeah. to inherit, you know, so maybe the all unset is is not so good, but um but you know, I I just there's places, you know, I think it it really you know, I, I think I wrote some inherits the other day because I just was like, don't do, don't do what you're doing. Like, stop doing what you did. Yeah. Um, button always gets so. me in, like, selects if you style them and stuff, too. Like, to get a button to be normal, you have to wipe out a lot of stuff. The first one I always do is border for some reason. That gets, that, like, removes the browser default styling. But then it's got a background, so you got to knock the background off, too. I think there's padding in there. The font family is always weird, so you got to do font family inherit. You know, there's at least five, if not more. And and what I found with buttons too is like you're like, cool, I have the perfect button system, and then da 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 icon buttons. We got to use them, guys. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, those those need like no styling at all. It just needs to be the icon with a little bit of padding. So anyway, there's. Yeah. So I think that buttons, editorials, that's where I'd be looking to use them. Maybe tables, just because tables are another weird thing. You don't want your like paragraphs or I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah. So, all right. Well, hey, I know we're at a hard stop. So we're going to power this down exactly one minute before the meeting. So, uh, thank you, dear listener, for downloading this in your podcast. Your choice. Be sure to our favorite of those. Be able to find out about the show. Follow us on Twitter for 16 tweets a month. Uh, and uh, join us over in the Discord patreon.com slash shop talk show. Lots of fun. Um, we are heading into the holiday season here. We're, we're going to have shows, I think throughout the whole thing, but um, just letting you know, like, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, we've been so, doing videos and those so. will probably spin down until we might do one more or something, but then we'll, we'll get that cooking again in the new year. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Okay. So, uh, Chris, you got anything else you'd like to say? Shop Thanks team. <laughs>